1: The Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel uh, Guy Relford, filling in for Jason Hammer. Go straight to the hotline and bring on Breitbart Washington Bureau Chief Matthew Boyle, one of the best, if not the best. Matt, let's get right to it. Did the Dems win big in this week's off-year elections? Certainly, there was success in Kentucky and Ohio and Virginia and Pennsylvania. But is there anything Republicans are missing here?
0: Well, look. I think that the Demo- obviously the Democrats won, right? Like they won the governor's race in in Kentucky. They won uh, the, the state legislature in in uh, Virginia, and they obviously won the Pennsylvania Supreme Court race. But if you think about it, it's not as big of a win as the Democrats and the media are making it out to be. I don't think. And because uh, here is the deal: uh, a twenty twenty three in review. If you look back at the bigger, broader picture, so yeah, you had Election Day on Tuesday, uh, but a few weeks earlier. You had in Louisiana, the Republicans won a landslide blowout election yep. uh, where they flipped the governor's mansion from Democrat control to Republican control without even having to go to a runoff, which everybody was kind of expecting. And people were shocked that Jeff Landry, the Republican uh, candidate, won uh, without a runoff. So that's that's the first step. Uh, then the second thing is the two governor's elections that we had on Tuesday. You had Mississippi, where Republican Governor Tate Reeves won reelection uh, and then Kentucky, where Democrats. Democrat Governor Andy Beshear won re-election. So the two incumbents won in those two places. Uh, And then in Virginia, of course, you had the state legislature races. The Democrats already controlled the state Senate. As for the state House of Delegates, the Republicans had a two-seat majority with six vacancies. It was 48-46 going into the election. So their majority was basically just due to vacancies that existed there. And then the Democrats, uh, you know, I mean, at the end of this whole thing, I don't know the exact count of it, but I think it's like 51 or 52 seats they got in the so they go to from a two-seat Republican majority to a, a three- or four-seat uh, Democrat majority. It's not that impressive of a flip of a mm. legislative chamber. Uh, and then, of course, in Pennsylvania, you've got the, the – uh, that was a Democrat-held seat on the state Supreme Court. The Democrats held it, right? So the, the only thing that changes in America is the State House of Delegates in Virginia – flipped hands from, Democrat, uh, from Republican to Democrat, and, and it was barely Republican, it's barely Democrat now. So the idea that this was like a huge win for the Democrats, I think they're overplaying their hands, and I think that overconfidence could hurt them going into next year. Uh, seeing how things will shake out in, you know, battleground states, uh, you know, like a Pennsylvania, uh, like a Wisconsin, like a, a Michigan, like a Nevada, and Arizona, Georgia, uh, I think will be really important, and the polls are not looking Good for the Democrats and for particularly for Joe Biden at this point. So I do think they're overplaying their hand a little bit, uh, but you know don't downplay the, possi- the you know the, the fact that they did flip one half of one state legislature on the ballot uh, this week. And
1: didn't they? Didn't Democrats like severely outspend Republicans? Is that going to be able to hold up next year?
0: Yeah. So that's another part of this story is that the Democrats spent. Uh, I don't have the exact figures in front of me right now, but it's something like two to one nationally or close to that, three to two in some of these races. Like, So, for instance, in Kentucky, for them to win the governor's mansion, they had to spend nearly 20 more million dollars than uh, the Republicans did in back to Daniel Cameron. They only won by five. right? Wow. So they can't spend 20 million more than uh, Republicans in states like Kentucky. They can't do that in places like Wisconsin or Pennsylvania. They spent significantly more, I think $4 million more in Pennsylvania. I think they spent quite a bit more in Virginia. So, again, we're talking about like two to one, three to two margins more spending for Democrats in this 2023 election and they barely barely won right like so it was really really close so I don't think they're gonna have that spending advantage next year we'll see how Republicans do in terms of being able to raise money and whatnot uh, obviously you've got President Trump who's probably going to be the top of the ticket for the Republicans and then you're gonna have um, you know the, the the new house majority led by Speaker Mike Johnson now uh, you know mm-hmm. and that there are questions as to how he will do fundraising and then obviously is for Senate races, you're uh, seeing Steve Daines leading that effort for the Senate Republicans, and things are looking good, but the, the question is, is will the Republicans be able to you know, level that edge a little bit and if they could get a little bit closer, then they can cut into the Democrats' advantage.
1: One of the things I'm seeing conservatives freak out about, and we're speaking with uh, Matt Boyle, Washington Bureau Chief for Breitbart, is what happened in Ohio? Uh, abortion yeah. and weed win big in Ohio. I don't think anybody's I'm certainly not shocked by it, but Republicans and conservatives are saying, oh, we have to back off abortion. We have to. This is not the right messaging. We can't just start shoving these these anti-abortion laws down people's throats. Is that really is that a main concern for Republicans going into next year's elections?
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So, look, uh, there's no surprise that abortion is a motivator for the left. There's no doubt about that. We knew that going into uh, this week and going into this year, uh, especially after the 2022 midterms uh, and the the collapse of Roe versus Wade, the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Look, the Republicans need to figure out their answer to this. Right. So I don't know if a federal answer is the answer. We spent the last 50 years since Roe versus Wade talking about how this is a state's rights issue. Right. So I, I think that you saw little bit of this in the Republican presidential debate earlier in the week and also in Trump's rally where the, they're all kind of sorting out how are we going to talk about this, how are we going to deal with this, how are we going to, what's our answer going to be? And if the Republicans can figure it out and sort it out and actually get a credible answer together, then I do think that they can overcome the disadvantage that they have on this issue, but they need to be serious about it. They need to think this stuff through. They need to figure out how they're going to talk about it. And they need to take the weapons away from disarm the Democrats on this front. Um, the Democrats are going to continue, and, and they are going to try to get this on the ballot in as many places as they possibly can yep. next year. They are going to try to turn every election into a ballot referendum on abortion. How Republicans answer that is going to determine their, their fate moving forward.
1: Are you on the um, the get rid of Ron McDaniel train, um, the RNC chair uh, that's another big I, I criticism I
0: certainly know a lot of people who are uh, And I s- definitely sympathize With a lot of the people out there That want to see her gone uh, I don't know if I would like, first of all, I've never really called for anybody's resignation Before, yeah. I don't know um, But as for uh, you know, I mean look, again The way I just laid out about like, yes. the, yep. the, the elections, I don't think it was as big A win for the Democrats as people are making it out to be And yep. I don't know if that's the reason why If there's somebody better that can do the job been great like so i would love to see that that happen and that discussion happen that I, but you know and i think it's healthy for the party to continue having these talks and figuring out what the answers are on a lot of this stuff um i also think uh and while i disagree with their decision to have another debate they scheduled one yeah, uh, megan kelly the uh, moderator right yeah, yeah, and News Nation, right? Like, right, which, yes, uh, I, I understand their reasoning for doing it, which is generally speaking, I think that they want to control the process and keep all of these other also Rans beside Trump from going out there and doing a million interview uh, interviews slash debates and forums or whatever with that are moderated by a willing establishment media that would like to destroy the Republican Party and conservative movement, uh, so the RNC gets to have a hand on the wheel. And it's also worth noting they picked News Nation, which. I don't know if anybody has ever watched that channel ever. <laughs> uh, so the, the 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 ratings will be abysmal. We know that. And also it's an hour plus from any airport, right? Like so it's in Tuscaloosa. Oh, yeah. So it's not easy for the reporters and the national media to just drop in and do a flyby and attack the Republicans and pop on a plane that night or the next morning on their way out. They have to actually plan a trip there and it has to take a three or four day commitment for uh National media figures to go, so I think it's all uh, a little bit of an interesting play. I think they're just trying to let this whole thing peer out, uh, so that way we, hmm. once we get to the Iowa caucuses and New Hampshire and South Carolina primaries, we'll eventually get to the place where Trump is the presumptive nominee, and you know we can get on with our lives and focus on the general election.
1: Yeah, and I just, I mean, I got to ask you this week's debate. Uh, we're speaking with the Breitbart, we're watching to bureau chief uh, Matthew Boyle. Matt, um, I mean, these debates. I mean, it was the best out of the three. So far I thought but I just um and I like look I like Vivek I like I like Ramaswamy's getting a lot of crap he was throwing a lot of bombs there on stage I thought it was funny when it went after Welker and Lester Holt and and Nikki Haley back and forth but I find myself walking away from these things thinking I'm not sure the point of it all at this because it's Trump and then it's everybody else
0: Yeah, look, I I mean, look, they're all trying to break out. They're all trying to have their breakout moment. I agree with you. I think Vivek Ramaswamy had the biggest – debate night. Again, I think he won the first two as well, yep. um, though I do think Burgum did pretty well in yep. the second debate, um, uh, and it's a shame to not see him on the stage on this one, uh, but I, I, again, I, it seems to me like the party is just trying to like, you know, okay guys, you can have your chance, right? Here's your chance, but they're letting the whole thing peter out and fizzle out, uh, because they know where things are going just like the rest of us, and the um, the the fact is, is that I do think Vivek's stuff is really connecting with people, and my I think his future is very bright. As for the other people on the stage, I don't know about that. We'll see. And definitely not Chris is-
1: Christie. I don't know what that guy's doing on stage. Although yeah, I was I arguing know. with somebody the other day. Chris Christie says that, you know, how is Trump going to run a campaign from courtroom? I'm like... I don't know that Trump needs to run a campaign from anywhere. I mean, first of all, Joe Biden won 2020 uh, from his basement. I I don't know the ins and the outs of the logistics of Donald Trump navigating uh, uh, felony charges and uh, indictments and things like that. But um, how do you see here in the last two minutes of this conversation, how do you see Trump's uh, quote unquote campaign going next year, having to navigate all the different things that are going on with him?
0: Well, look, I mean, President Trump has done it already this year, right? Like, so look, he was in court on... On uh, Monday, and then later that night, he was doing teletown hall rallies with uh, Kay Reeves and Daniel Cameron, right? Like, and you know, obviously, Kay Reeves won, Daniel Cameron lost. But the, the point is is that, um, I mean, you know, and then in the, later in the week, he's doing rallies yep. in Hialeah and Miami. So I think that you know, you've seen how he would do this. We live in a, first off, Trump has an inherent advantage, and it's very similar to like an incoming president in that he has his own airplane, right? Like, and he, yeah. uh, he can get anywhere in the country very quickly. Uh, And uh, he has enormous amounts of personal resources. So uh, that stuff goes all in his favor. And then in addition to that, I just think that in the 21st century, obviously, with, uh, you know, social media and television and all the different media outlets that you have, I think that the president uh, has, uh, you know, demonstrated his ability to command the narrative.
1: There he is. Epic Epic as always, my friend, Breitbart, Washington Bureau Chief Matt Boyle. Find them at Breitbart.com. I read your work all the time, my man, and you have a great weekend, okay? All
0: right. Thank you, sir.